You're listening to Rome is in Manila, a podcast with the pandemic as its ground zero. I am Rome Juanetas. I am not your friend yet. Listen as we transcend through space and time discussing misadventures, noise, and learnings with guests who are learning and learning and learning things. Tune in. Stop being a stranger. Be a friend. Today, I am joined by Trisha Albay. So, hello, Trisha. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me here. It's fun. It's nice to have you. Hi, Rome. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Trisha... This is my first time guesting to any yes. podcast. Oh, really? Wow, that's really <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much for, for making this show be your first podcast guesting. And Trisha is actually... Uh, used to be a workmate in 2018, if I remember it right. So mm. we've known each other for about two years now. And right now, Trisha is studying master's in Thailand. Uh, I don't know the exact details, but she'll introduce herself right now. So why don't you tell us about yourself, Trisha, what you're doing right now, what you're studying, your interests. So tell us everything that you want to tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Trisha Albay. Uh, originally from Bulacan. And then after I graduated um, college, I moved to Quezon City. I started working in Manila. And then after three years of working, I moved to Thailand to um, study, to pursue my master's degree. Um, it's in Asia-Pacific Studies. Um, it's basically international relations. So it's it's kind of like related to to my previous work experience when we worked together. Um, I, I moved here just last year and I'll be finishing my master's this year. So it's only like one and a half year. Mm. So after that, like I, I have no plans yet, mm, but see. here, in, here in Thailand, um, I'm not based in Bangkok. I am actually, um, based outside Bangkok because, um, there my, I'm, I'm in the like provincial regional campus. Mm. Mm. Oh, I see. All right. Thank you very much for introducing yourself. So uh, you mentioned about your work experience for three years that's somehow related to international relations. So could you tell us a bit more about that? Like, how was the experience like? Mm, let's maybe let's focus on the positive stuff that you learned working mm. for three years in the international relations industry. Oh, yeah. So, well, when we worked together, it was in a trade and investment um, organization. So we worked with a lot of um, a lot of diplomats, a lot of government um, organizations, even international um, organizations. So um, when I pursued my my master's here, um, aside from international relations, we also um, tackled international trade international economics and and all those things so they're um i'd say not directly related but um the things that i learned during my work experience uh were um, very applicable to what i'm studying now Mm, i see all right so uh what made you be interested in studying in thailand because you were here in the philippines and then i know you're very passionate about Korea so yeah so what made you move to Thailand and study there? Yeah um, actually um, I decided to pursue uh, a master's degree in in 2018 so by the last quarter I was preparing to apply for a scholarship in Korea Mm -hmm. 
So I, I joined all these like Facebook groups where the applicants share their experiences. And then I joined in a Filipino group of um, applicants to the Korean government scholarship program for 2019. And then um, one of the members um, was already studying in this program, uh, the batch before me. Mm-hmm. And then um, he posted about um, the Royal Thai Government Scholarship Program for, for this course here in Thailand. So it was a, it was a very easy application, I'd say, because um, you only get to fill out uh, the application on Google Forms. So um, I applied here the same time I was applying for a scholarship in, in Korea. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I didn't get the scholarship in Korea but mm-hmm. I was accepted here instead. Um, so instead of going to Korea, I just decided to, to move to Thailand. Mm, I see. All right. That's cool. And it's interesting that even though you couldn't get the scholarship in Korea, you've got this in Thailand. And I think that's an awesome opportunity as well. And yeah, could you tell us uh, the specifics of what you're studying? You, you've mentioned uh, Asia-Pacific studies, somehow mm-hmm. related to international relations. Could, could you tell us a bit more about that and why that is an interest of yours? Um, Asia-Pacific studies is basically just um, how we study international studies in, in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So, But instead of um, studying the, the whole world, we focus on the Asia-Pacific region but um, in most of our classes, we try to focus more on Southeast Asia and how, how is Southeast Asian country relate to, to other um, countries outside of the region. So it's just very, um, it's very interesting for me because um, it's, a multi, it's multidisciplinary. So we study political science economics, international trade, even international business. And I think it really fits someone who, who is not going on like a very definite path in life. So as for me, my undergrad degree is um, in mass media. I pursued mass media. I, I practiced it for a while, like maybe um, less than a year before I moved to, to another company where I pursued marketing and, and project management. So it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck doing like working in the same industry um, forever. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very fitting for, for those people who would like to work in different industries in, in their entire career. So like for me, um, I worked in, in trade and investment before but now I'm having um, an interest in, in sustainable development. Mm-hmm. So like if, if you're the kind of person who cannot really um, decide like me, like it, it's good to like get a, a degree that is multidisciplinary, like the program that I am taking now. Yeah, of course. Right. And since you mentioned sustainable development, so I'm just curious if, you're like also studying these um, UN SDG, the Sustainable Development Goals, perhaps? We don't really um, focus on it, but mm-hmm. we do um, t- 
touch it in some of our subjects, like when when we study international law, mm-hmm. we we touch on um, the international organizations, like how how those work, and then when we do um, when when we um, study about development, we do touch on the UN SDGs, but there's no really specific uh, like there's no class dedicated to just to just learning um, about um, the sustainable development goals. But my my program, like, um, we have some connections to to some organizations. So Mm -hmm. um, earlier this year, in around February, so we were invited to to join a speech competition in the UN, and it's for sustainable development. So it was a team competition. I, I joined the competition with two of my classmates, and then uh yeah we they provide those kinds of of other opportunities for for students which is which i think is like one of the reasons why i like you know it's one of the the things that you really benefit from when you when you study overseas mm. it's like um especially studying in here in thailand um it's there are a lot of um regional offices of international organizations based here so i'd say like there are a lot of there i'd, I'd say like in my, at least in my field like there will there are a lot of opportunities here compared compared to like living in manila mm, i see all right all right uh you you also mentioned that um so right now you're studying this but in the future, you're not yet sure what you're going to do. Is that mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, are you thinking like after your studies for this master's program, will you be coming back to the Philippines or like perhaps do you want to stay in Thailand or move around for a little bit more? My goal is to like, because I'll be graduating this December. Oh, and wow. yes, yeah, my, my program is ending this December and Um, I need to go back to the Philippines in January um, as part of my scholarship um, contract. But we're not really prohibited um, to, to working here after, after um, the graduation. So I'm already looking for a job in Bangkok. But it, it hasn't been very easy for me because a lot of them um, need Thai proficiency, mm-hmm. which... I'm not very proficient at, even though I've lived here for a year already. So, my immediate goal is to just like find a job here in Thailand because mm-hmm. I've only been here one year, and I feel like because of the lockdown, I haven't seen much of the country. I haven't mm-hmm. interacted with a lot of people. I I, I barely made um, Thai friends. Mm-hmm. So I I'm tr- I'm I just started enjoying this country. So I think I wanna I wanna stay more. I wanna stay longer. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, that's cool. And since since you've already mentioned about language, okay, I, I wanna talk about that. So you've been staying in Thailand for over a year, right? Yes. Yeah. So over a year, but you still couldn't learn the language. Could you tell us what makes it difficult for you to actually learn the language? It's very difficult because unlike Filipino, unlike Korean, unlike English, we we don't have tones. Right. So as as far as I know, only um, Chinese and Thai have have tones. So in in Thai language, they have five tones. 
which I cannot pronounce until now. <laughs> but um, it's very difficult for me to to get the tones right because I don't speak any language that has any tone. Mm-hmm. And do you know, like they have this um, like nasally sound. Mm-hmm. It's like if you cannot if you cannot um, do that sound, it's very difficult to pronounce most of Thai words. Like, for example, five is ha. Huh. Okay. So it's not, it's like, it. I still cannot pronounce it like 100% correct till now, but it's not the simple ha. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. it goes ha. Mm-hmm. Which is like very difficult, especially because they speak very fast. Right. Yeah. So um, up until now, my vocabulary is limited to like um, just for survival, mm-hmm. like buying food, buying something, going somewhere. Right. Oh, I see. And, and this is just about the spoken language, not yet the script. H- have you studied the script? I attempted to study it, but it's very difficult. It's it's not like Hangul where mm-hmm. you can learn it in in two hours. Right. Like you can you can you can learn how to read in less than two hours. This one is like even my Thai friends are saying that it's very difficult to memorize. There's a lot, and it it would be easier. They they advise that it would be easier for me to learn how to speak first. Mm-hmm. And then, like when I can, when I can, when I get used to the five tones already, then I can start learning how to how to read and write. But I, I'm still very far from that, <laughs> from that level. I see. Well, yeah, I, I believe that when you start working, and then um, you'll have more time to get immersed with the community, then probably you'll you'll pick it up much faster. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some people are saying that when you want to learn a language, the the fastest ways to learn to learn it is to to live in a country where where people speak it. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is that I am in an international program, and mm-hmm. all of the people around me speak good English, so I never really had a chance to to practice my Thai with them. Right. So all of us speak in English. So it's not like I cannot eat. If I if I don't speak Thai, mm-hmm. it's like they've been very kind to me. Like they would help me order food, they would help me buy something. So it wasn't I wasn't like in a very desperate situation to to learn the language. Right, right. And you've mentioned food, so yeah, I want to talk about food since you've stayed there for quite a while now. So perhaps you've already got acquainted with the food that they have. How how is it so far? Do you like Thai food? Or- I haven't I haven't gotten used to to Thai food until now, uh, because you know the Thai food that we have in the Philippines, um, they have already like um, changed it for mm. the Filipino palate. Right. But the real Thai food here, um, especially outside Bangkok in the non touristy um, places, it's very spicy. Mm-hmm. is like the spiciness level is something that I feel like a majority of Filipinos wouldn't be able to handle and I, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten used to that mm-hmm. that was the hardest part uh, like 
after I moved here, I started missing Filipino food. Mm-hmm. I got homesick because I wanted to eat Filipino food. But since I live outside Bangkok, it's very difficult to find Filipino food. Right. And, but do you get a chance to cook for yourself, perhaps? I, I had a chance during the lockdown. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I don't cook very well. So I, I attempted, I, the most basic one is adobo. Right, yeah, everybody needs to know adobo. Yeah, but I, can, I still couldn't do it well. It, it tastes very different from the, the adobo that I know. Mm. It's because even back in the Philippines, I didn't cook a lot. I, I didn't have a chance to, to make um, Filipino food. Mm. And I, I couldn't, one of the easiest ones probably sinigang. Sinigang. But it's very during the lockdown. It was very difficult buying the sinigang mix. Oh, I'm not yeah, even sure if they have it here. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, because I joined some, a uh, Filipino community group in Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, there are some Filipinos who who bring sinigang from the Philip sinigang mix oh. from the Philippines, and they sell it here. Wow, that's nice. Uh, at least it wouldn't be. Difficult to cook sinigang if you have that. <laughs> like I, the Thai food that I I knew back in the Philippines was very different from from what I'm eating right now. I I I got used to it, I think, but they don't. I have think I would bread, still. Do they? <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> or maybe like there is, but I don't know about it. <laughs> I see. Because I was wondering if maybe they're selling cold drinks that's actually spicy or something. Because, yeah, like you've mentioned, all their, I mean, all the cuisine that they have are mostly super spicy. But when they serve, do they serve it like you can have an option like in Korea, I want this just a little spicy, mildly spicy. I think they do. Mm-hmm. If if you try to to order from restaurants, mm-hmm. but I live near the campus, and every day, almost every day, I I eat at least one meal inside the campus, and that would be in the cafeteria. So in in those cases, you cannot really ask them to to like tone it down for you. Right. You 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 get you get what you see. Right. I see. Okay, that's cool. How about the people? How how are they? Uh, you've mentioned you didn't get to mingle a lot with Thai people, but with the amount of experience that you've had, how are the people? They're very, they're very kind. Like they're very helpful, very friendly. Because at least the people here um, in my university, um, they're very, they're very friendly. Like sometimes we would be eating or drinking by ourselves and then some groups would try to approach us, try to talk with us and ask for Instagram account Mm -hmm. and they would like keep in touch from time to time. And then I made friends in in the boxing gym Mm -hmm. because I've been practicing Muay Thai since I got here. And it's very touching because... You know that um, it's very difficult for them to to speak English with you, but they still try. They try their best to to try to talk to to try to talk to you, which is like 
it's very nice of them because I was the one who who went to this country. So I should be the one adjusting right. <laughs> for them. Like I should be the one learning Thai from from uh, for them. But they they really make an effort to to talk with us. Considering you're not in Bangkok, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in Bangkok, it's very it's way easier to to go around um, even without knowing Thai because a lot of them could could speak English. At least, like when you're trying to buy something. But I noticed that in in this area, not a lot of people could could understand you. Like they understand English, but they don't understand my accent. Because just like you know, in every language, there is a specific accent that that they can understand. Right. And even though I'm trying, it's very difficult for me to. To get into that Thai English accent, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, it, it needs adjusting for both sides, I guess. Yeah. Especially if you have different accents. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've recently heard this guy say that accent is not really a measure of intelligence, but it's just more of a cultural thing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like when I got here. I would, I would always like people would always tell me how how good my accent is mm-hmm. because when they find out I'm a Filipino, I would they would always tell me like, oh, but your accent doesn't sound Filipino. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not really, I'm not really sure how my accent sounds like, but I always get that um, compliment from from other people. But that, but then, like they would always tell um tell me that oh your English is really good, oh it's because you're Filipino, and then sometimes they would assume that I'm smart because I speak good English because I or I have the highest English proficiency um score in in class. But it's like I always tell them like English is not. It's not a basis of of intelligence. Like, I'm only bilingual, but my classmates are multilingual. Like, they speak four to six languages. That is smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's really cool. And yeah, actually, uh, I think from the last time we've talked, like maybe over a year ago. Yeah, you, yeah. you kind of sound different from what I remember. So maybe because. You don't speak to a lot of Filipinos these days, so whenever mm-hmm. you speak English, you have to adjust with the people around you. So probably that affects it a bit as well. But yeah, I I agree that yeah, it shouldn't be a measure for one's intelligence, but yeah, rather it's just a cultural thing that we adapt the the accent that we have from, mm-hmm. from the people around us. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool, and yeah, um. I'm not sure if. Okay, so what's this question coming to my mind? Okay, I'm curious if you're watching Thai movies or TV shows or anything. I I used to watch um, some Thai series, but um, I stopped because I I recently got into um, like English um, comedy shows. Mm. So. Yeah, it it started like I started watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. 
last year. And then I, I got so into it after watching so many seasons. Like, I finished everything and then I suddenly felt empty. I wanted to replace it with another comedy show. So I watched The Good Place. And then after finishing all three seasons, I started watching New Girl. So I'm on the second season of New Girl, New Girl, New Girl right now. Um, it's really funny. But like one of the reasons I stopped watching Thai series is because um, I guess the humor doesn't, doesn't fit mine. Mm-hmm. It's like the actors are great. The, the story, the storylines are great, but it just, it just doesn't fit my taste mm-hmm. or maybe the humor because, or some, but, but sometimes I feel like it's just seasonal because I'm, I'm very into K-drama as well. But as of right now, I don't feel like watching any. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there would be days I feel like watching Korean or watching Thai or watching American shows. Mm, I see. All right. So now, now I'm curious because you've said you've seen Brooklyn 99, A Good Place, and now New Girl. So what is it about these three shows that you like, aside from the fact that they're comedy? It's like they build all this relationship in the in the storyline and then you somehow get attached to the characters you feel like you're one of them mm-hmm. you feel like you go to work with them you live with them and you just like how they like all all these relationships that they built with each other mm-hmm. but it's just like i i I felt really sad during the lockdown and it was like my relief to watch um, comedy shows and I tend to to find the the humor in American series better than um, the humor in Asian shows. Mm, I see. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I mean, I also don't understand the humor in Asian shows. But yeah. yeah, right. Like there's something there's something different. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. So my next question is not related to the things we've been talking about, but uh, I'm going to ask you, is there anything that you're particularly interested in right now or something that you're learning that you would want to share with the listeners or viewers of this podcast? Oh, recently I, I started learning Spanish mm-hmm. because um, it's kind of like a lot of words in Spanish we are already familiar with because they're kind of similar to, to words in Filipino and, and in English. So I thought it would be easy, easier for me to, to learn the language. But after finishing one course at Coursera, I just realized that you cannot study a language because you think, you can do it or because you think it's easy. Like there has to be a sincere interest in learning it. Mm, right. So it's, it's very similar to, to my experience with Thai. So it's very, I find it very difficult to learn because I am not 100% interested in learning. Like I, I would only try to learn because for survival, but it was um, very different 
from the case, my case with with learning Korean. I tried to learn Korean by myself, and I would say among all the languages that I attempted to to study, like mm-hmm. Korean, Spanish, and Thai, learning Korean is still easier for me. It's because I'm truly interested in learning the language. Like there is a sincere um, interest in in being fluent. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important, but I don't know. I I think it's I just need to expose myself more in in the language, like watch more shows related to to the language because that's how I I I did before I I was interested in learning Korean. I watch a lot of K drama, and that influenced me to to learn the language. So I feel like if I just watch more Spanish shows, mm. then maybe I would get into the into the mood. Mm, I see. Yeah, and that's really true. I, I agree with you saying that sincere interest is very important in learning a language because mm. that's also my experience recently. I actually tried studying Mandarin for mm-hmm. like two months. My original purpose was to just show that well, I can study it, and then. Get a good grade or a good score from the courses. Yeah. And well, I did two courses in two months. After that, I felt like, okay, it's just up to that. Like, I don't have that very sincere interest to mm-hmm. learn it moving right. forward. So, yeah, I think that is truly very important. And mm-hmm. yeah, but you still want to study Spanish, right? Yeah, I still wanna. I still wanna continue because it's. I'd say you just need the motivation to to memorize a lot of the a lot of a lot of words, but like the grammar, the the way they structure the sentence is it's very similar to English. So I don't think it's gonna be a big problem. But it's just I need to immerse myself in the language so I get I, I, like I would get more interested in learning it. Right. Right. You've so how how is your Mandarin lessons going so far? Um, right now I'm not taking any courses, so I'm just watching videos on YouTube from time to time, but not as much as when I was that I was doing that challenge for two months. Right now it's like if I remember that oh I I want to watch a YouTube video on Mandarin language, then I would. But it's not like in the past where every day I would spend thirty minutes to one hour studying it. So when you watch things uh, online, do you like pick up some words? Because you know, learning it, um, learning it online, and hearing someone speak the language in the usual pace, it's like it's very different. Sometimes you cannot even pick up everything that some of the things that you learn from from conversations. Right, right, that is true. And so I'm gonna share what I'm trying to do right now. So what I'm doing right now is I'm studying. I'm still studying Korean. I'm level four. I'm going level five, level six, but I, I still ha- need to study a lot. So what I'm doing right now is I'm watching Netflix uh, TV shows, and then I'm using this Chrome extension called Learn Languages with Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I, I would watch like one drama. So it's K dramas are usually very long, like one hour. But when I study, I'd spend about two hours. Watching one episode of any show, like recently mm-hmm. I've been studying, I, I've been watching uh, 
Record of Youth. So oh, the, the, the new one. one. Yeah, with yeah. Park Pogum and yeah, the girl Sodam. So yeah, I'm watching that. So I have this Chrome extension, Learn Languages with Netflix. So it has the English and Korean subtitles at the same time. And then it has a built-in dictionary. Um, this is not sponsored, but yeah, I, I'm just sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'm doing that. And then every time I hear something interesting, because Korean dramas really put in a lot of like Confucian proverbs or something in their sentences mm -hmm. in their everyday life. So I usually pick those up and then put them on my notepad and then on my Anki, my, what's this? Space repetition software. So yeah, that's how I'm studying right now so that I'm still listening to authentic material and then processing it. Although I'm pausing the video from time to time and then, okay, what did that person say? I, I, wanted, I want to get what he said. So I'm gonna pause and then I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, so it's like how we make do right now because we cannot really like communicate or immerse mm -hmm. ourselves with the community. So that's how I'm doing. You can try it too. <laughs> oh, I, I remember when we were still working together back in 2018, you took the topic exam, yeah. right? And you got, you took topic two and you got level four. Yes. I remember I, I took it the same year, mm. but I took topic one. Mm. So it's like I could, I, I, I would get like either level one or two, but I right. still got level one. It's like, I just gave up in the middle of the test. Mm. Like it's it's very difficult because everything was in was in Korean, right? Yeah. Like even the instructions. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they would they would like want you to cross out the one out of like out of the four choices, cross out the one that is like different from from the rest. But if you don't understand the instruction, like you would think that you need to pick one that suits the the question the most mm, right. it's like so i think i i want to take the exam again but probably i need i need more more time to learn mm -hmm. and yeah. i actually like asked you before is it worth is it worth it like buying um hard hard copy materials for studying topic for studying Korean in, studying in, Korean general. in general. Well, I have a lot of books, actually. Like, yeah, a lot of Korean books. Um, I think you can start off without getting books, like to be at level three or level four. Mm -hmm. You can, for, for me, it's mostly talk to me in Korean.com. Oh. So I've been listening to their podcast when that was the format before. I think right now they're, having this paid app, but still most of the lessons that they have are for free, mm -hmm. I think. So I think TalkToMeInKorean.com is still a very valuable resource for learning Korean, mm -hmm. but it gets you to a level that's quite comfortable. But then if you want to go beyond that, then yeah, I, I think you would want to invest in books that are like definitely Korean in the field that you want to study. Like mm -hmm. I have books in finance that are in Korean. So those are the things I'm reading nowadays. Yeah, and business stuff, economics, like that. So oh. you're in international relations. So probably you could get some books 
that are related to that. I think a lot of publishers in Korea has this Korean for business administration people, Korean for um, financial something, Korean for those kinds of things. Yeah. So, yeah, you can pick them up later as well. Oh, I, I try learning with Talk to Me in Korean. The, their materials are really good if you if you want to be fluent in like casual conversations. Right. But yeah, I guess if you're trying to get into into working proficiency, then it would still be better to to have materials directly related to the field that you want to work in. Right. Yes. Yes. And talk to me in Korean is quite slow. I mean, if you're gonna go through that path, it will take you a lot of time. Like, yeah, it, it's good. It's good, but it will take you a lot of time. There's no like quick fix for it. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, yeah, that that's cool. Um, okay, so one last question. Do I have one last question? <laughs> All right. So my last question for you before we wrap up would be: um, So in the span of like the time that you are in Thailand, and also during this time of COVID, um, what is the most important lesson that you have learned so far? It's um, it's really about learning to be independent. Because when I got here September last year, I've been around a lot of people. And because I couldn't speak the language, I relied on those people a lot like they would help me order something online and they would help me pick it up because you need to fill out forms in in Thai as well and I'm not really the person to to eat out alone Mm -hmm. so I hate eating alone outside Mm -hmm. but during the lockdown some people are trying to to adjust as well. So if you invite them out and they don't want to go, it's like you cannot really get mad at them because even our level of fear about the, the pandemic is different. So they might be suffering more than I am. So that time I learned to, like you really have to be independent and not, try to rely on other people especially i'm in a foreign country i don't have any family or like longtime friends in here so i rely too much on on my friends here and then i realized during the pandemic that in the end um it's good to have friends mm. but it's not good to be too reliant on those people like some things you really have to to learn doing alone like eating outside like i didn't even i didn't i didn't even do that a lot in the philippines mm, i see all right independence right that's yeah. awesome. that's really cool all right thank you very much for sharing your thoughts today and sharing your experiences um perhaps is there anything that you would want to promote to our listeners before we say goodbye Oh, I just want to to share one thing because um, when people found out that I got a scholarship here in in Thailand, um, a lot of my friends and a lot of even strangers asked me how how I got it. 
So, you know, there is like a, a thigh, thigh wave happening around the world because of those um, BL series or movies. Like, are you, are you familiar about that? Yes, I've heard about it. Yeah, so it's, um, it's a genre called um, like boys love. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it has become a, a big hit especially in the Philippines. So I, I had some like Filipino friends and strangers ask me how I got to move in here. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I got a, a full scholarship from the Thai government. So I'm basically staying here and I don't have to, to pay for my tuition. And they give us a, a monthly stipend which covers all of my expenses, my rent, food, and everything. So those who are interested in studying here in Thailand, there are a lot of scholarship opportunities, both um, scholarships funded by the government or by the university. So at least in my program, six of us are funded by the government, and then three of us are funded by two of us are funded by the university and one of us is funded by um, a private corporation here in Thailand. So if you, if you are interested in studying here and then I suggest that you go through the websites of, of those universities, look into the faculty um, you're interested in and just try to, to look for um, announcement for scholarships. They usually do it, um, they usually offer it twice a year. The first semester here starts in August to December. And the application for, for that intake is usually around um, January, February. And the second intake is January to May, I think. So the application for that is usually October every year. Mm-hmm. And I would say that applying in Thailand is way easier than applying in, in other countries. Mm-hmm. Because um, as you know, if you apply in the Korean government scholarship program, you have to submit um, original copies. You have to uh, submit original copies of like, so many documents right. and then you have to duplicate like those um, you have to triplicate and then mm-hmm. you either send them to the embassy or send them directly to the university in Korea which costs a lot of money right. but here in Thailand when I applied they only had me um, um, fill out a Google form and then after I got in I, after I submitted. They called me for an interview, and then I I think I went to an in, to to two interviews for the program, and then when they said that um, they will consider me, they will nominate me to the government agency. Only then they asked me to submit hard copies of my applications to Thailand. And since sending to Thailand, sending to Korea from the Philippines, the price is also very different. So it was very, it, it was cheaper um, sending documents to, to Thailand. So there are actually like a lot of opportunities, only if you, but they are not as popular as the ones in Korea. Mm-hmm. So you really have to, to do a lot of research. And a lot of Filipinos are actually studying here in Thailand for their master's degree. 
I I met some people from other universities. So um, they're also under um, scholarship, but from the university. I see. Wow, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I, I'm sure that's going to be valuable to a lot of people listening to this episode. Yeah, thank you. So anything you want to promote or where can people find you if they want to find you online? <laughs> oh, so you just, you can follow my Instagram, um, Trisha Albay. Rome will put it here. Yes, I will put it here or somewhere. Yes, <laughs> just promoting my Instagram. I don't have any any vlog yet. <laughs> Yes. All right. So, yeah, thank you very much, Trisha, for this wonderful time that we've had with you. And yeah, we hope to see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to Rome is in Manila, a podcast with the pandemic as its ground zero. I am Rome Juanetas. I am not your friend yet. Listen as we transcend through space and time discussing misadventures, noise, and learnings with guests who are learning and learning and learning things. Tune in. Stop being a stranger. Be a friend.